Hey everybody, welcome to the Power Peace Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This show has kind of evolved. I always said that our family was like a reality TV show, and here we go. You mm-hmm. know, so I've got my faithful wife sidekick, little Poncho here. It was um, always a blast. We <laughs> we talk about a lot of things, um, but uh, we have blast. And then our, our oldest Justin, he's a, a former Army sniper for battle tours. He's like the mysterious cool one. And his wife, Candace, little alpha, just like you. Mm-hmm. you She's just like, like me. Yep. Three grandsons. We got Jesco and Jet and Jacob. Sounds like a Western Yep. yep. And uh, Luna, who's next in line. A beautiful daughter in Vermont. Lives with her wife. Bree. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Then we got Cole, the next in line. He's our uh, comic and a musician and a stand-up and an actor. But he's got this crazy digital marketing guru brain. Jiu-jitsu. So, I mean, you never know what he's going to do. He's kind of by coast when you're not. And then our youngest, Lena, who's our hippie spirit. She's a soldier. She is a soldier. She's like she, a revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world. So proud of her. So between all of that, <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. So, uh, but we have a blast. And then talk about powerful, gripping things. Yeah, we do. We talk about things that really matter. And we talk about things that we hope are going to help others at some point in time in their life. And hopefully it's right now. There you go. Right? Help a lot so, of people. Help, help, a lot help of people. us blow this thing up. Subscribe, hit like, share, comment, send us ideas. There's probably no place we won't go. That's right. I mean, that's right. If there's something that you'd like for us to talk about, we've probably been through it. Yeah, yeah. So send us those comments. Let us know what you'd like to hear. We'll let you know whether we've been through it or not and how we made it out to the other side. That's right. And every yeah. now and then, when she gets a little bit crazy, it's easy. All I've got to do is <laughs> do this right here, and then I'll do the rest. All right. Peace out. Come Bye. join us. What's up, everybody? Kit Cummings, welcome to the Power of Peace podcast. And uh, I'm excited today. We've got a, a show that we've been talking about for a minute, and, uh, and it's finally time. We've got um, my son, Cole, who's become kind of a regular fixture on the show. Don't ever have a clue what he's going to say. And, uh, and this is my good friend, brother, confidant, consigliere, mentor, advisor, consultant. Um, just a good guy. <laughs> Dr. Gary Burke. So good to have you today, brother man. Thank you. We're, we're going to tell stories today. And, uh, tell stories. And we might have to edit some. We might have you know, some, some might not make the clip. You know, my, doc, my doctorate is in storytelling. Oh, that is right. That's right. From the McAfee School of Theology. At Mercer University. Which is a big deal nationally, yes, man. Yes, so, um, well, let's just talk about, um, you know, we go back to 2008, nine, yep. maybe something like that. And I happened to show up at a church downtown Atlanta that you were a part of and, uh, <laughs> And you decided to come and see me. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, first, let me give you a little bit more. Gary and I, you know, met, became fast friends. We're part of the same church. I started doing some prison ministry. I went to Gary, said, here's what we're doing. We became partners. We ended up going to, I have no, I have no idea, 50 prisons across Easy. the country, something. Easy. And, uh, and we were just on the road all over the streets of America, going into prisons and having a, a journey. I mean, and we, it was, it was one of the most beautiful seasons of my life. And we got to be very, very, very close. I mean, we, we got enough oh, information yeah. to burn each other down. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, just cancel. <laughs> so anyway, but how, t- just tell them how, how we met. Great to have you on the show. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, part of the Churches of Christ. Uh, but what happened 
is, you know, the Four Horsemen came. You know, they, they call themselves the Four Horsemen, right? I don't think I started that. <laughs> I do not you think that was that. me. No, you know who really started? Scott Kirkpatrick started it. You know, well, he, I might have encouraged it. it. You encouraged it. You definitely encouraged it. So you had Scott Kirkpatrick, Mike Pope, Ben Barnett, and Kit. And um, I had been around Ben for years at this time. I came around in like 1998. So you're talking 2000, probably 2006, 2007, actually. Got you. Um, and at the time, they would call themselves the Four Horsemen. So all of a sudden, you know, you got this white guy in time. You know, it's like, <laughs> not a lot of okay. brothers that look like yeah, me down there. Not a lot. Right? You know, it's a couple, but not a lot. We, we know the ones that was there. So I was just kind of curious, and I told one of my partners, I said, hey, Ron Barnes, we need to go see what this white boy wants. <laughs> yeah, keep is, coming down he here, he's he going to be the preacher down here. Oh, so they're going to pay him a salary. So anyway, we, we, we kind of met, had lunch, um, sat, talked, and we, we cut straight to it and just Didn't said, hey, even. Yeah. yeah what, what you want? What you doing down here? What you doing I'm like, down thank here? Thank you what, for the call. Warm welcome. <laughs> Which is how it should be. You know, let's cut the fluff. What's up? Yeah. I got, I'm busy. I got a lot of stuff to do. Absolutely. And, he, and he's looking out for the church, obviously. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. He's yeah. trying to figure out, you know, what's your angle. Yeah. Because, you know, I got my wife, my daughters, my family, friends there. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to see what the angle is. Yeah. You know, people always come with angles when it comes down to, <laughs> you know, nice people in churches and stuff. <laughs> so... Um, so after the conversation, man, we, we became pretty cool. And actually, the first speaking gig we get, did together, you probably forgot. We were at a private school down in Fayetteville. I, you had the blue truck, and we oh, drove down. Truck. We drove. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that was a strange time. <laughs> yes, I know it was. You were just coming back off of your big high. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you yeah, were just so, coming back so, down yeah. and just kind of figuring some things out. And uh, we went and did a little speaking gig in Fayetteville. And he was like, you, you did okay today. You know, I said, well, I'm not too bad. You know, I'm not the worst that, that can, you know, be out here. So anyway, we just kind of formed it from there. And then uh, all of a sudden you got this, you know, wild hair in your butt that you wanted to go into prisons because you went, went in with Kairos and it, and it intrigued you. Yeah, it's you know? true. And that was just a cool little season. And, and um, you know, shout out to Ben. Ben, give me a shot. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Absolutely. anybody that's watched podcasts knows that I kind of had a fall from grace and had to figure my way back. And Ben was the guy that gave me a shot. And that's how I met you. Yep. And I love Ben. And uh, but anyway, yeah, just it was perfect timing because right about the time. No, nah, here's what it was. Is I didn't know what I was going to do. I'd said, I ain't going to preach anymore. You know, know, when it got, got burned down, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. And so Ben was the one that brought me in and said, you know, you're not done yet. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? Like, what am I going to do? Lead the marrieds? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I'm not leading yeah. the youth. I mean, it's lead like. Lead the white guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lead, I'll, lead all the white I'll lead the white ministry. Me and I'll, 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 I'll eat them. them. I'll <laughs> eat them. <laughs> and what was it? About 750 in the church. Yeah. 750, right? Yeah. And so I was like, what do I do? And he said, and I quote, he said, um, we want you to go out into the world and find out what God is up to and come back and tell us. And I said, you're going to pay me for that? Yeah. yeah. And he said, yeah. Of all time. And exactly, because I'm looking for my place anyway. And Absolutely. I just thank Ben because that was like divine. I said, where in the world did that come from? He said, a professor said it in one of my classes. And he just kind of awesome. <clears throat> changed my life. So I went down to the Atlanta mission first. 
and uh, and started preaching to these beautiful homeless brothers. And, uh, you yeah. know, it was like that turned me on to this whole new ministry to the least of these. And do you remember that little stretch where we had that little band? Well, we built a church down there, you know, on Wednesday <laughs> nights. I was like, can't come to midweek, Ben. And he gave me his blessing. And, yep. and we just started rocking. So we had this church down there of these homeless brothers. We, we built a choir and they were yeah. horrible. Oh. I mean, they were horrible. <laughs> it was beautiful. They were, beautiful. they were bad, but they... And we loved it, man. It was so Jesus ministry-like. And so we had this <laughs> bunch of brothers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we are so happy that you're here. And we have some big news. Do you know what's happening? Yeah, because you throw me in there. I kind of have to play along. So January 11th, 2024, we are roasting this gentleman right here. The Roast of Kit Cummings. It's all for a great cause. We'll be fundraising. We're going to be having food, drinks, live music. So mark your calendars for January 11th, 2024 from 6 to 10. Come on out to the Brickyard in Marietta and join us for a fantastic, fun evening of roasting this guy It'll right be here. Like, it's going to be embarrassing. But it's for a good cause. Raise money. Right. Make fun of me. Right. Good cause. Right. Nutty friends that are hilarious. Comedian. I mean, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. And well, we all have a ton of stories that we can tell on it. And we're going to raise a gazillion dollars. Gazillion dollars. Like, go ahead and get all your wealthy friends and tell them, come out for a great, bring their little checkbooks. That's Silent right. Silent auction. Silent auction. Pretty cool stuff. Um, prizes that, and things like that will be done. But just come out. Have a wonderful time with us and help us to celebrate the Power of Peace Project's 14th birthday. That would get up or stay up all night and walk to church. And some of them began yeah. to sleep on the ground so they'd be there. And we had whole rows of the homeless brothers in the church that were just, some of them were still lit up. <laughs> lit. Preaching word, Gary! You know, whatever it is, like we say, Elijah, shh, yeah. you can't talk right now. <laughs> and so that started, and a lot of those brothers happened to have been incarcerated. And yeah. so now I'm like, oh, man. And yeah, I got invited to Hayes. So let's talk about that first visit. So I'm already a Hayes, right? <laughs> Building my reputation, you know, with the warden. All of a sudden, I got my buddy... Gary coming. He ain't never been up there. He shows up by himself. Now check this, okay? But this in, in the, you know, <laughs> corrections. <laughs> There's certain correctional procedure, especially with guests oh. and volunteers from the free world. Gary drives his white painter van <laughs> right up to by the fence. He parks and it's got a ladder on top. A forty um, foot ladder. A ladder. To a prison. <laughs> now, what do you think the dude's up in the town? And I'm this a big fool, and he's a convicted <laughs> And so the dude's I'm like, in the yard are like, it was. It's time to go. I know. It's like, hey, he's here. And so I'm, I'm the little behind Gary, and so he's not in the in his van or anything. I'm like, where's he at? He can't get in. You know, what I mean, he ain't never been here before. So I walk in. He's not in the Sally Port. I'm like, where's he at? <laughs> he's inside, walking around by himself. You know, probably got his pocket knife on him like he always does. <laughs> Gary just has this, you know, the, we talk about being the worm, like oh, we can no. get in anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I think, yeah, that's why we... That's crazy. We got to tell San Quentin at some point. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me tell me just, I mean, getting in after, well, I, tell them why you're qualified, you know? <laughs> As you introduce yourself to the brothers, you tell them. 505-11019. That's my inmate number. So, um, you know, find myself when I was... Uh, in college, my first year of college, 
couldn't make it home for Thanksgiving and realized, man, I'm poor. My mom only made $3,500 a year. What? A year. Wow. And I never knew I was poor. Imagine that. Yeah. You know, mom make $3,500 a year and you don't even know you're poor. So yeah. it was one of those things where when I couldn't get home that first Thanksgiving, I'm like, that'll never happen to me again. Yeah. So I ended up transferring from Alcorn State University to Jacksonville State University. And uh, played football. Played a little ball. So, um, so that kind of, you know, changed a little bit. When I got to Jacksonville, didn't play, kind of went out, but, you know, didn't quite work out. I was figuring myself out. Um, ended up getting kicked out because I started a, they say a race riot, but it really wasn't a race riot. It was just a fight, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. And it really was just a fight. Yeah. But the beauty in that was is that, you know, I was like, I, I, I met Louis Farrakhan through that journey. Wow. You know, awesome. one of the greatest orators I still think of this day. And it was, it was that introduction. It was a guy named Aaron. He was the RA and he was from Chicago and he happened to be uh, uh, Nation of Islam. And he introduced me to Farrakhan, you know, and I was like, wow. So that's where this anger is coming from as a 19 year old young black man in America that's living in this lily white little town in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. Alabama. Um, but anyway, just kind of getting through those moments, end up at Miles College after I got kicked out there, playing a little football there. And that's why I decided I'm going to do this or not. So I stayed there, ended up selling drugs. Um, but it was my calling to be in the drug game. I just had to have it. It was part know? of it. You, didn't, you told me one time you didn't get hooked on the drugs. No. You got hooked on the money. Money. It yeah. was the money. Yeah. Well, Never. When, you, when you don't leave your house all day and then you made a couple grand, why would you go work at Zaxby's? Or when you make your first trip down to Florida, just home, and you make 10 grand the first time you make a run, it's kind of hook, line, and sinker for a poor joker. Right. You know, I was making $5 an hour at some little place across, not, not too far from me, you know, kind of bagging groceries and, you know, just trying to figure things out. So I learned to hustle. Now, the, here's the funny thing is we, we literally went, traveled the roads of America because oh, we did some Northeast, we did all over the South, <laughs> we did the Midwest, we did the Southwest, we got out to the West Coast. And I mean, it's, it's really amazing that we got to see all that stuff, but it, but it was cool because back when Gary was like in the game, um, you traveled the roads of America, dude. You were taking and bringing back, you know what I'm yes, saying? I was. You were that guy. Decent quantity. I'm sure. And uh, so we would be in some place. It don't matter where we are. We're in St. Louis. And he'd go, I got a partner in St. Louis. And then he'd, he'd hit him up, you know what I'm saying? And he did that all over the country. I'm like, Gary. You got partners in every freaking big city that we all, you know what I'm saying? You had connections. That was your business, yeah, right? We, we found, I found people that I knew was, was still crazy. is really all that it was. Absolutely. Networking. That's Absolutely. Lead generation. Maybe a little bit, right? Pipeline yeah. optimization. You've got marketing. You've got production. You've got sales. Sales and delivery. You've got... Branded image. <laughs> Did all of I digress. I digress. Okay, so um, so anyway, when you got to go, like, you know, you did your time, paid your debt, you know, after you were out and then had to go back, yeah. you know, which is a whole other deal. Um, and then all of a sudden you got to go back into prison, you know? What would that feel like? You know, and we'll talk about Hayes here for a second. Well, the first time I had to go back behind, the thing was is hearing the gate close behind and I can't do anything about it. I can't turn around and turn a knob and just walk back out, you know? And it was like, click, click. I'm like, ah. 
Then you go through another one and you get to the sally port and you're like, click, click. It's like, ah. So now I'm behind three gates that has closed behind me, you know, so just the thought of that. But then as soon as I walked out in the compound, I was home. Because I knew these guys, not personally, but they're me. You grew up in Belgrade, Florida. You took me there. And and mad respect for those beautiful people. (laughs) But I was like, I didn't know that this existed in America. It wasn't just a poor city. It's like a third world country. It was like a third world country. And I walked down those streets with Gary Burke, and he knew everybody, and I got respected. Now, if I'd been walking by myself... Interesting. It would have been a lot yeah. more interesting. A little more colorful. <laughs> but anyway. Left with less I probably <laughs> would have made donations would have made to the community. <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. Um, so when I walked in, I mean, it was just amazing because even the, like, the correction officers, I was about to say security guard, but I can't do that. Um, but the correction officers, you know, they just let me in. And I just told them, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. And I just walked in yeah. and happened to get kind of stuck on the outside of the next gate and couldn't go any farther. So it was like one of those things where you're sitting there, it's like, okay, so I just hung out there until somebody came and got me. <laughs> so he finally walked up and like, man, what are you doing? No, out here? I went and asked somebody, I said, you guys seen a guy, da 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 And they're like, Gary? Oh, he's already down there at the gym. And I'm like, that is not easy. <laughs> here, got a book. He's gone. <laughs> I do. I got a question for you, though. I want to talk about, like, the difference between the receptiveness of walking into a prison between Mm -hmm. the both of you. So you have someone that has the energy and experience of already being there. Yeah. Which, just from an objective standpoint, I feel like the confidence and energy is completely different from what you experience because... He knows what it's like, right? I feel like you can, you radiate that as far as seeing someone coming in. You're like, oh, this guy, I can feel it. He knows what's up. Yep, yep, yep. As opposed to you walking in where it's got to be the complete opposite. Yeah. Is who is this white guy with sleeves and tattoos coming to talk? Didn't have any then. No, didn't have any. Right. Didn't I was I was coming out he of was straight laced at the time, man. and I was coming straight out of mortgage banking. You know? <laughs> Onto the chain gang, right? Boy, funny to. But that. that's a great point. Is like, and yeah. that's what makes us a dynamic duo. Because I was trying to think about it. Look at, at singing duos or comedy duos or business icons or whatever, you don't see a black guy and a white guy partnered. I mean, very rarely. And walking through a prison, it definitely stands out. And doing uh, that type of work. Right. And so, yeah, all eyes on us. And then they started, uh, what they call it? They called me like Johnny Cash Johnny or Cash. something like that. And then I got a nickname. And I say this, very, I'm just going to tell you what they <laughs> called me. This is, I mean, just mad respect to everybody in the whole world. But they called me the crazy, crazy cracker. Crazy cracker. Because that, that cracker. is what made me. You got instant credibility just because yeah. of who you are. But I had, I had to earn gold, my I had stripes. gold teeth then, too, though. A gold tooth. <laughs> Bing! It was the best thing about you. I was so disappointed when you got those. <laughs> Dang it, man. It's one of the coolest things about my friend. Um, but the funny part is, so at Hayes, we got a chance to you know start doing some programming and things of that nature there. And we had a day with the chaplain. He said... Uh, I think we're going to go into all the dorms and tell them what you guys are proposing to do. Like, okay, what does that look like? 
So you go back where we've been hanging out with all of the, um, the, 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 the what they call it? Faith and, faith and character-based. Faith and character-based yeah. dorm. So, you know, it was really cool back there, all the guys trying to really program and do good and things of that nature. And then we went into the hellhole. And it was crazy because you walking in, now you got to turn these guys' television off. You tell them to turn the television off and be quiet. Middle of the summer, 100 and degrees, and we turn their big fan off. There. Yeah, got to turn the fan off because you can't hear. Yeah. Well, where did we? Where did I get to go into? Hayes. Hayes. Yeah, Hayes. Because we you went to the it. hole. And he would yeah, he went the to the hole. Remember that? He went to the People hole. were banging, banging on the doors. doors. And that was real. That wasn't, yeah. that wasn't nah. for a camera because it oh, wasn't even in there. No, in there. But it was 15 dorms. Yes. In three hours, a hundred degrees—that's a real number. In the in and the we dorms, we doing about 10, 15 minutes a dorm, probably something like that. We yeah. were drenched with sweat. Drenched. Yeah, they don't but talk about the air conditioning. That's something there terrible. is none. There is no. Yeah. You don't there have is any. None. Try to imagine <clears throat> sleeping on a cot, you know, in a hundred degrees, and the, and and they had just taken away tobacco. Yep. No which cigarettes. Everybody's jonesing. No cigarettes. So it was the worst possible scenario. In a prison that's just on fire. It's the biggest gang prison. I don't know what's up, but you do. Yeah. And I know that I kind of probably had. Remember? And the, before we went on this 15, you know, there, the kite had already come out and said, tell the white, white boy, boy to, to watch, watch his back. back. Yeah. And so we knew there was a credible threat. And we're like, well, let's go on into the movies, <laughs> bro. No, they wasn't just like, you was just like, let's go on. Then no kite come out to me. I was good. Yeah, yeah. And then they said very, they said strong security with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Opie. And Barney. And Barney. <laughs> We're like, okay. literally. He goes, don't worry. Literally. Here's what the, the warden said. We've don't never, worry, we we've never done this before. Never did. All, we don't let volunteers go yeah. into these Ever. places. And it's like, oh, great. He doesn't know that there's a threat. We didn't tell him that. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have done it. And then they say, we're going to give you two cert guys, critical emergency <laughs> response. And so there's these big strapped up uh, just steroid freaks that are, we're all black. And you see them coming, the brothers in white. Uh, so gonna they be, already know it's going to be, be a, a bad day. Yeah, That's yeah. a problem. Bad day. And so, you know, they'll take a brother out and you don't see him for a couple of weeks because he's healing up in the infirmary. Nobody ever knows, right? And so that's just what it is. And so we, we like see our, our security force and it's two dudes. Literally. Tiny little white dudes. Opie and Barney. And all they, Opie and Barney, and all they have is walkie-talkies. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? (laughs) And if something happens, ain't no way their backup's getting there for five minutes. We hope that they make it. Because you look at them, it's like, man, you're not going to make it back. Literally, Barney. Brady Brady Bunch. It was. I'm like, so you might as well not accept them. So we walk in. They don't know we're coming. There's been no announcement. It's Friday morning when they get to sleep in. There's no way to announce Everything against oh us. Every, everything against Every us. Every scenario. Nobody's saying, hey, fellas, we got a couple yeah. brothers in here. It's just us walking in. And hey, we, they can't hear click, us. Click. Close the fan. Turn off the TV. <laughs> Guys are playing... And they're looking, guys are coming out of the shower naked, you know, I mean, there's guys <laughs> looking naked. around at who, who we are, and we're like, can we have your, t-? no, remember how the first line, <laughs> Dr. King said, and then it's all, yeah, like, yeah but that? now, first of all, there was Chap, and Chap, bless his heart, man, good brother, <laughs> he is a good brother, he go in there, he's like, hey, can we get your attention, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be a bad day. This is a bad day. This is going to be a bad day. Long day. And, uh, you know, but we did it. 
We did you it. Got a lot of respect out of it. A lot of respect, and and we brought lists because we had this peace movement going on that was young, called uh, Peace at Hayes. Peace at Hayes. Before it, we did, Power Peace Project had not been created yet. It would be there. Yep. Those brothers changed us, and uh, we took sign-up sheets and we went and got in front of twelve hundred brothers in one day, and in their dorms. And by the time we left, there was three hundred fifty names on the list yeah. that wanted to be a part of it. We got applause in some places. We got get dead that. silence. Don't you get, don't you get. And one time, I remember that one, it was only about three in, okay? So it's not like it happened at the end, but this was our reception. I think we got a decent reception in one because it's probably SB's dorm yeah. or whatever, yeah. Andre. And so uh, anyway, I'm, I'm preaching, and all of a sudden coming up behind me is a brother, and he gets right here. Literally. And he said, you better get that shit out of here, white boy. Yeah. Just like that. And I was like, well, here's a moment. Here's a moment. And we just kept rolling. And we got the crazy cracker was born that day. And, and you were my credibility, always were. And we would be a dynamic duo. So we started this thing. And maybe, well, we'll tell them what happened. Hey, a little bit. But on our tour, we would go to all these prisons. And we had a, a van and a hip-hop group with us. And we had some of the best times. The Gideon crew. The Gideon crew. I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, so obviously y'all have both preached in your life. Interesting. Still currently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's in front of a church. <clears throat> what was it like to be able to be in a place with no cameras, no phones, no nothing? And not keys in a room most of the time. No. Pure unfiltered audience. So there's no cutting. There's no, like, you can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. How is that different as far as like a performance and a speaking gig goes? It was the freest I've ever been. And I have to agree. I mean, you were as free as you can ever be. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say it that way is because they hung, you know, the men and women actually, but mostly men, they hung on our every word because we brought information that was for them needed. You know, whether they come home in 20 years or coming home in a year. Yeah. And I think it was a mindset shift for a lot of them. Uh, we had this thing that I would do called the talk. <laughs> and it was invented in Ohio. Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere. And what we, what, what we would do is, you know, he would say something and we'll talk for a couple minutes and, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Then he'll have to leave the room. I just say, guys, room. I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But Gary's going to take over. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. So yeah. I kind of get up and I just have a real talk with him. And I, you know, and it was, the, it was born out of, you know, just telling guys where, you know, the Corps of Engineers of the United States, when we go and have wars and we tear things up, the Corps of Engineers come behind them and fix it up. And I told the guys, I said, man, we got to go fix up what we fucked up. Mm -hmm. And it resonated with them like, mm -hmm. yes. Like they've never been called. After well, fix. they've yeah. never been called yeah. to do anything great. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's they've been called right. to tear things up. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what a lot of them were used to. So just being called to do something great, like, and you, and you are the ones that can fix it. The judges yeah. can't fix it. The yeah. police, the politicians, nobody can fix this. So... We figured, you know, we got some information, man, by some, you know, some people that we know a little something that's changed the world. So yeah. why can't we do this? The antivirus. The antivirus. We were on our way to some prison and, and you coined it. Yeah. And you the said. Antivirus. Would you say the antivirus is hope? 
Yeah. Well, it goes along, yes, but it goes along with what he just said about calling these men, hey, not only get out and try to stay out. No, you got to go fix, fix up this, 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 this damage. And so it was like, you know, we would introduce it, the, you know, how do you, what do you do when you have the flu? You get a little piece of the flu, a little yeah. dead yeah. virus, and the body knows what to do with that, or a snake bite, get a little bit of the venom, the antivirus. And so that's the name of the book. Is it? Yeah. Oh, bro. <laughs> and so what's the antivirus to crime in America? The criminals. Oh, a reformed yeah. criminal. And that resonated with them. And we, we did do this cool thing where I'd get up and preach and do my thing. And in the middle of it, I'd say, you know, I knew a guy. And he comes from a very tough part and, you know, he got out through sports and then he started doing drugs and then he blew it up big time. And then da, 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 da. Now he's got, he's getting his PhD, man. He's, he's the model. And about right when I'm rolling down that road, you see all these brothers out there and they start looking over at Gary and going, Hey man, you, you think that's the dude? <laughs> and then I said, it's my friend Gary Burke. And then you get up there and it was like, I don't know. It was just this cool thing that, that God did, you know, for us and with us. And, and I think it's a shift in energy too. You know, he's hype and kind of rah, you know, and I'm more laid back, you know, more kind of, you know, um, more of a conversational type of, of, of speaker. And I think that that shift and then the credibility of just being one of them, you know, being, you know, I've walked a mile in their shoes, didn't walk 20 miles in their shoes, thank God, but I at least walked a mile in their shoes. And I think that that's the thing that they realize is that, man, listen, and I need the help. Yeah. Like that was the other pull is like, I Absolutely. need your help. Out here. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is like, it all goes back to hope. It totally right? does. So you Absolutely. see someone totally like Gary does. get up there yeah. who has been in, been out yeah. and is successful yeah. and evolving and doing something. And I think that if you don't have anything to look forward to, yeah. you're declining yeah. <clears throat> until you hit a place where you find something to look forward yeah. to. So for a lot of these guys in there that are living this monotonous life, doing the same thing in survival mode every second of every mm. day, yeah. to have someone come in and be like, listen, I've sat where you sat. Like I've slept where you slept yeah. and I'm here now. I think it plants that seed of you know what? Like this isn't over for me. Yeah. If he could There's do still it, something else. It's possible. Yeah. And you used to say something like that. It was like, I'm gonna go, be the, I'm, I'm gonna go, basically be the example that until you can join me out here, something like that. I go do the work until you can come home and join me. Yeah. And it um, gave them hope. Yeah. And we still get. I get hit up so all often. the time. Every so often. I'm out, bro. And this is like. Where'd you do your time? Oh, bro, I was in blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, man, love you, bro. Yeah. You said that we could help. I mean, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. I haven't told you this story. I know I've told you this story, but it was definitely in a, a period where we weren't talking that yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> Which was Which a weird, funny. short little period of our lives. Well, what's funny is, you know, there's a lot of destruction that comes in that period, but there's a lot of, like, connectedness to source where things right. like happen that seem magical or fake, which only elevates yeah, yeah, yeah. the process, right? But I remember I rode my bike on the Beltline to Piedmont Park, and it was 6 a.m. I wanted to get there to watch the sunrise. Mm. And so I'm sitting in the middle of the big field, crisscross applesauce with my shirt off, sweating, <laughs> and I'm watching the sunrise. 
and I see this homeless guy approaching me. And you know, he walks up, really cool energy. I feel safe around this guy. Right. And um, he starts telling me the story. You know, he's giving me the spiel, right? And he said that he just got out. And I said, where did you do time? And he said, uh, I was up in Michigan. And I said, no way, like, random. But do you know the Power Peace Project? And he said, yeah. And I said, this guy's obviously lying to get me on his right. team. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he pulled up his sleeve and he had the wristband on. Oh, wow. Oh. And I'm not even lying. I said, what, wow. do you, what do you need today? That is crazy. And he said, wow. I need to get back up north because it was about to be Christmas. Yeah. He said, I want to be with my family. I oh, can't wow. pay for a, a bus ticket. I said, let's walk to the Greyhound. How far is it? It's like five miles. I said, <laughs> I'll walk with you. So we walked all the way went to the, the Greyhound. <laughs> and I bought him this ticket that was probably oh, wow. the most expensive, yeah, yeah. you know, generous thing I've ever done. But how crazy. He's wearing the wristband. He had the wristband. He had the wristband on. Man. In Atlanta. And those from Michigan. <laughs> you know, like okay, that's so a that's weird. a perfect segue, too. Okay, so what happens at Hayes in Georgia is peace comes. You know, we, we got to where we were having, you know, I don't know how many in the visitation on Fridays, open call out, no metal detector, which is crazy in this prison. <laughs> and we just got a bunch of beautiful gangsters. And the from all the factions. Was crazy from all the big factions. Yeah. And, uh, and peace came that summer and it won institution of the year. So it went from worst to first and, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, now it's on. We started getting invited. And so we go to Michigan and we met Miss Mary. Miss the the warden. There's been a, two or three wardens that have warden been just beautiful to us. Jason Bunting. Jason Bunting, man. Craziest thing. So yeah, she man. she invited us to Michigan because of Buck Fifties. Remember Buck Fifties? Shoot, it, it was an initiation practice where what they'll do is they'll take a toothbrush and a razor blade and they'll burn it in and it becomes you know yeah, a slashing sure. tool. Yeah. And then they cut them from mouth yeah. to ear. It takes 150 stitches, called a buck fifty. Yeah. And that was happening because the bloods were recruiting real heavy, and so it's like, well, let's see if Kit and Gary can come and help us. And so that's what <laughs> <laughs> see if that'll so, work. <laughs> that we had a problem with buck fifties. I get it. And so we go where we're invited. And so we went up there and it was like two magical years in that, I mean, in that place. Brooke, there were three prisons right next to each other. And that so was the prison where violence dropped 50% over a two year period. And we took almost 2000 brothers through the program. That made us, it's how we developed, yeah. you know, the system. Okay, I don't want to derail us here. Go ahead. But I have a light bulb question. Ooh, I like it, I like it. Is, Come with know, it. Engaging Could be divine. So you guys have made a career out of something that I would say less than 1% of people do. It's probably a lot less than 1%. How many people do you talk to that have been in a maximum security prison? I mean, not many even doing <laughs> you know, just like, regular like ministry. Yeah. Even, in your, yeah. even in your career, you probably don't talk to many. Not many. Right? No. You might talk to people that work in reform, but not people that have spent months in a state prison. Yeah. Right? Helping. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to get your perspective on how crazy and I don't want to, like, I don't want to say horrible, but insane it is behind these walls that we don't see as civilians like you guys have 
made personal connections with people that are inside. And you hear stories, I mean, you've told me things that have changed my perspective of crime. You know, like if I'm going there, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go there ever because of what I've heard. Yeah. So I guess my question is like, how bad is it? Actually, like you just mentioned Buck 50 very casually. That's what the Joker did to himself in a fiction movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, what, like that's like, they, think about they it. call it the Joker too. That's yeah, crazy. They call that too. yeah. So like, is it as crazy as you hear? Like, It's crazier. It's like we're going through the pal Sally Port one day at Hayes, and there's an officer on the ground, and he's bleeding out. He, he, yeah, and they're trying to stop the thing, and we we get down and pray for him, and we, I, you know we saw a guy, you know, stabbed up in the yard right outside of our our meeting. Yeah, man. I, I mean, there's yeah, I mean, I don't know. Answer that. It's like um, I guess the, it's it's kind of both ends. So you know, it's not the things that you see; it's the things that you don't see. That you but know you is know happening. is happening. Correct. Yeah, that you That's know correct. is happening. You know is the extortion and, you know, just yeah. because, though, unfortunately, in Georgia, the um, state inmates don't get paid a dollar. Yeah. And most of them are poor anyway. So now you put poor people in a situation where they're, they're stacked on top the of each other. they're expensive things. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I mean, yeah. military. Everything, making opticals. And so it, it just. Large array. Yeah. Free labor for these. So true. I paid $100 for them. So it's a setup. Yeah. You know, you get caught with a. You caught with a little sack coming from the store, man. That's like Christmas come Sunday. All eyes on that. Yeah, man. Imagine being a new brother walking through the yard with a big nylon sack because you just went to commissary. You and everybody, be, the game is who can get to him first. You better be Michael Jai White. <laughs> Whoever that is. <laughs> you don't know who that is. <laughs> he don't know who that is. You know who that is. He's in the fight game now. So oh, Mike, him. I got you. <laughs> he's saying him. <laughs> or Grimlock. Yeah. I got a Grimlock story. If I was going to be in there, I'd yeah. want to be Grimlock. Yeah. Well, Tell us real quick. That's what he, uh, so when I got to go to Hayes, I was probably 15. 15, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, he yeah. kind of went through the scared straight thing and Grimlock was the headliner. I was encouraged straight though. Go ahead. Well, well, yeah. Inspired straight. Inspired Inspired straight. Inspired straight. But Gridlocks was, was a little scary. Ooh, it was very damn, inspiring. Yeah. Let's yeah. say that. But Gangster I mean, disciple. I'm talking like Green Mile. Yeah. The yeah. biggest dude I've ever seen. Yeah. Like he could probably, I mean, it's with, insane. With no weight. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. No. Just built like Calisthenics. Peanut butter. Yeah. And peanut butter. And he walked out with the, um, the lock. Ooh, wrapped the, around the his chain. hand. What do you call that chain? Like the, Lock on a sock. When he was hitting his hand with it, and you could hear the thud. Yeah. I was like, that's the most terrifying thing I've ever, like, mm-mm. Any sock. situation, I'm. Yeah. You just, I mean, it's like guys, you know, they, remember Miami? Oh, yeah, my guy. Miami loved that dude. He He's a GD. He'd been down 30, so now he's he been down 35. Years, I mean, he's. In his 40, 40 years in. Yeah, he was about 40. And in, he right? was like our self appointed bodyguard. Appointed some in. Yeah, yeah. He'd sit right on the corner at our meetings and make sure that we were cool. You didn't see him coming, was the amazing He yeah. wasn't Grimlock. He was uh, kind of a heavy set brother, real dark, never talked much. But yeah, bad as you want to be, you know, there's a brother sitting on the tier doing something he shouldn't have been doing in front of everybody. Miami walked by him and said, stop. And then he walked down, did his thing, <laughs> came back up. The guy hadn't stopped, so he said, all right. And he went in, grabbed a little tool, 
sank them up. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it's just like there's rules to the game. And so, anyway, about Miami, you remember that day, Day-Day? Uh, <laughs> we asked Day-Day to share. I mean, just a soldier. He's like, if you want to go to war, you want Day-Day. Yeah. He was a blood. He was doing four, is doing four life sentences. Yeah. He ain't going home. And so he wouldn't ever talk. We would get gang leaders to come and share. And the rules were, try to keep profanity down. No gang references. Don't call anybody out. It's got to be solution oriented. Yeah. And believe it or not, heavy guys got up and started talking. And that's what spread the movement so fast. So Day Day said, I got something to say. And we're like, oh, yeah. uh -oh. <laughs> give him the mic. And so he gets up there and it's packed, remember? Yeah. And Day Day gets up there and he rests his, his, uh, show, I mean, his elbows on the little podium we had up there. And he gets real quiet and you could hear it and drop in the room and a tear he had four teardrop tattoos yeah. okay and uh it started to fall over his thing he didn't cry but there was tears coming and he said i'm tired yeah. and it was real quiet he said i'm tired he said uh i got a lady out there that i love and i won't ever be able to be with her yeah yeah i got four bills i'm not coming home and he said i'm just tired and then he said I've become something I never wanted to be. And I'm like, that is just a line. Miami's sitting right up front. He's a blood. Miami's a GD. All of a sudden, Miami stands Stand up. up. And everybody's like, uh-oh. Uh. Yeah. And oh, as man. he heads toward the podium, he reaches into his pocket. Okay, now yeah. everybody's it's on alert. This is going to be bad. It's going to get bad. And, uh, and he gets up there, and Miami turns. And he reached in his pocket and he pulls out a tissue and he gives it yeah. to Day Day. And they do the gangster hug and it erupts. Everybody wasn't like, what's he doing? It was like, they're like, yeah. Yeah. I remember you had to, you had to take measures in your own hand one day, man. Yeah, that was a bad guy started coming up. That was a bad Was I up there and he's coming at me? No, 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 no. What was what, it? What happened? Um, there was some faction going on with some of the you know, brothers on the yard or whatever, different factions or whatever. And um, one of the guys got up to talk. You know, we would let him get up and kind of share. Well, this was his first time ever coming in. You know, so he got his little crew with him and some other guys had some crews with them. And you can tell that this was a different day. It was a little tension in the room. And um, so all of a sudden, uh, we're sitting there and it's like, that's not good. And... I could feel the tension start to rise in the room and I'm looking around just kind of paying attention to the room. You got a good antenna. Yeah, so I'm looking at him. He's getting kind of, and the more his guys are kind of hyping him up, you can tell, you know, it was a quiet hype. You could just yeah. tell the energy and I'm watching because where I sit, I always sit with everything in view, you know. Um, so where I was sitting, I was like, oh, this is going to go south on us. Mm -hmm. So I got up and I laughed and I went and I gave him a huge hug because he was talking real crazy. Like it real was. He was instigating things yeah, at he, our meeting. He was deep in there. I mean, he, he started getting deeper in, and I gave him a big hug. And all the time, I'm patting him down just to see if he came trapped, you know, because I don't know. I don't know where this is getting ready to turn to, but I need to know. Absolutely. Do I need to just go up front and just say, hey, man, y'all buzz somebody and tell them to come, come get us out of here. This in this man. room. We can't get out. Just us. Else. Oh, no Nobody keys. Else there. No keys, no metal no detectors. No crazy. Way, no way to get out. With 80 guys, 100 guys. Yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Easy, 80, 100 guys in there. And uh, so I hugged him, and all of a sudden, the, the room started to laugh, and we started to laugh, and he and I laughing, and we just kind of <laughs> planning off. And, the, and all I did was I basically set him down, yep. you know, because... 
this was going to sound fast. Opposite energy. Yeah, and he did. I he just, diffused it. Yeah, and 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 nobody really. Well, I can say nobody caught it, but certain guys in the room caught it, like SB. Yeah. You know, SB was like, that was going south. Yeah. Good thing he did that. And um, Mr. Ferguson, Mr. Ferguson said the same thing. Old Muslim cat in there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Ferguson said, yeah, man, young lad, you did your thing. Because <laughs> everybody saw what he did. Of course, this is a young dude, ever. too. He was yeah. a young dude. Was I can see him. I would like to, I think the work that y'all have done has impacted my life a lot in more ways than I can talk about on this podcast. Um, I mean, just having a different sense of street smarts and awareness like you just said like if i'm in a club i'm in the corner where i can see the whole club yeah like it's just in you know i'm probably not drinking at a place where i feel you know like i have that energy awareness that yep. i feel like other people don't have. yeah but also i've made i don't even know if i'm allowed to say this i guess we can cut it if we need to but <laughs> Um, I've made connections to people that y'all are really close to yeah. on the inside. Yeah, yeah, um, that's okay. You, see yeah. you know, I, I like get, a, like I get, an uncle SB. I got yeah. I get FaceTimes from SB at least once a month. Yeah, and we talk. I keep up with him because I didn't ask for it, but he just volunteered to be a father figure in my life. Yeah, when and I helped was going, you through some stuff. That's what I'm saying. When yeah. I was going through my hardest times, I was at the tattoo shop about to get a tattoo, and I'm talking to SB on the phone. He's trying to calm me down and fix our relationship. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I got a recording, a voice recording from SB inside. He sent it to me, and I have a song with SB. <laughs> <laughs> like, so. Got to hear that one. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I mean, it's definitely. SB is a brother named Sir Brown who changed our, I've got him, you know, right here, free Sir Brown. He's doing, you know, all day long, as they say, yeah. and uh, we are committed, or we don't believe that's going to be the case, but um, brother, that's like a modern day Mandela in there is the best way. He's a peacemaker. He's a, a reconciler and mediator. And real brother, though. He's a real brother. Been through some stuff. Real no, brother. nobody messes they with him. They ain't just going crashing his... His bunker. No, <laughs> the wrong young dude comes in there and thinks he's old and he leaves. Golden Globe. They drag him out. Golden but Globe. only if he has to. But but uh, he's, yeah, and he's also got the love and support of more gangs than I've, yeah. because he's not affiliated. he's not affiliated, yeah. But he's a, you know, he's a teacher. He's full of so much wisdom. So I, I love Sir Brown and I, the fact that he helped you through that yeah. is a big deal. Absolutely. So, all right, let's, let's do this real quick. Um, so we go to Michigan, you know. Buck 50 thing. And we end up getting dug in and the movement takes off and we realize, okay, we have something very special. It wasn't Hayes was, you know, lightning in a bottle, one and done. It was like, no, this is a program that has teeth and these hard brothers, they mm -hmm. love it because all they typically get is educational stuff, maybe a little drug and alcohol stuff. They get ministry stuff. God bless anybody that goes in there and try to save them, but they get the same 10% get saved every time there's a crusade. And the rest keep tearing stuff up. Not every time it's a crusade. <laughs> he said crusade. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Billy, that's a Billy Graham moment. I don't, I don't think that I've said that word. That's a Billy Graham moment. Crusade. <laughs> <A> crusade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for calling me out. As I said it, I was like, <laughs> I hope they don't get going. No. So anyway, but at the end of our 
yeah, two month thing. We go in, we set it up, then they do 40 days, and then we plan and we do this big party and we bring in free world food. We had a hip hop group that was, it was kind of like gospel hip hop, which yeah. is pretty cool. Gideon Crew and Sunny Day out of Detroit. And, uh, and I mean, it, we started calling it a gangster party. Because That's all it, was. it was a gangster party. Because <laughs> yeah. we'd get up there and preach, and they were so grateful because they had done something significant. They get their certificates, they do presentations, but then we just have a party. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, imagine you got a hip hop group, and all the brothers are out there, and they're they're. They don't ever see live music anymore. No, no. and no, they're I mean, and they're really, you would say, they're enemies, mm -hmm. but not in this. After they had been together for a while. Um, because they have to sit across from their rivals and do the, the, the curriculum that we developed and, and it brings rivals together. But those, those parties were so good for me to see because you literally got brothers out there dancing. They got their little drinks yep. and it looks like a, <laughs> I, like in the club. I mean, Snoop, I mean, literally Snoop would die to have, make a video in that place. Like you want to talk about a gangster. <laughs> hey, listen, when I tell you, you'd have thought that if they'd have turned the lights down, Man, you'd have thought they were in the nightclub. They were <laughs> dancing, you know, sipping. They just juice, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. That, it's just that they had just got through eating some good free world food. Man, it was it was a blessing, though. Blessing to be a part of. Remember the young bloods sat in the back. We we had we round did one round and we had this this young group of bloods. And they were hard Hardcore. to control. Because most of the time, everybody respect our space and we're doing our thing. But yep. then if somebody starts running their mouth, everybody's looking back like, you know, yeah. you better. Yeah. Well, these young dudes did not care. At and all. We had to win them, and we did. And they became a big part of it. So we're, we're at the gangster party, and, and uh, I'm up on the little stage. I don't know why. Remember, they get us up there and try to get us to dance or sing side. <laughs> Gary Crazy. would. Wow. Gary would do side next to Sunny Day Sunny sometimes. Day. I, was, I was one of the nights. It was That's Sunny right. Day Sunny the Day of the night. Sunday no, the really, night. it was Sunny Day in the night. <laughs> it's just you. It's you. <laughs> no, and then me, Jake and, me and Jake. Right? Yeah, me and Jake. Oh, Sunday my day gosh. And so all of a sudden, this group, <laughs> during a song. Yeah, Gladys Knight in the Pips. So yeah. It was there. like that. And she was. <laughs> Sunny could so wail, man. Uh, what was the like, one she would do? Uh, it was uh, the Isley Brothers. Isley Brothers, um, Living for the Love of that, You. And it would touch these older brothers oh, that had yeah. been in there, and they'd be like, oh, because yeah. it took them out of that place. Exactly. Out of that. And that's and what our. Too, now, the crazy part is, I can't sing. But I do sing. You got that raspy yeah. Uh, yeah, got Hamilton. You got, you got that little Hamilton, Anthony so, Hamilton so. thing. So, uh, so anyway, so. this band, like a Young Brothers, they bum rush the stage. And they're like <laughs> heading for me. Yeah. And there's no time. We got Warden Mary in the back and we got the <laughs> head, nobody of, in head of gang yeah. security. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. code red, code red. And they're, they're coming at me. And I'm like, what did I do? Man, I'm like, well, I provided all this for you. And they get to me. And they pick me up and start kind of throwing yeah. me around. They're so happy. They're like jubilant. And I'm just like, yeah. throw the white boy around. <laughs> it was like a beautiful moment. Imagine the reality TV, though. Like, doesn't it? Like, I know we talk about this all the time, but that moment, that's like Emmy award winning. Like getting thrown up in the air in the yard. In a prison. I guess you're right. <laughs> I guess you're all right. right. I do want to shift a little bit. Just because I think we're probably wrapping up. Yeah, so. we got five ten. Um, I want some advice. Ooh. Okay. And I okay. think this could be relevant in the crazy world that we live in. <sighs> Let's picture a scenario where someone like me has the worst day of their life. Mm. 
and I'm headed to prison. There's no way out. You know, I'm not winning this case. I'm going to serve time. I know both of you have had this conversation with <clears throat> young, lots and young lots people, people, families. Way too often. But what's the advice for me to prepare for one of the, you know, most intense situations that any human could go through? Um, and I don't mean this as a joke, even though it's kind of funny. No, no, yeah. The first thing you do is pray like hell. I mean, really, that's, that's where you start. You pray like hell because you have to center yourself in order to know who you're going to be in this space. Yeah. Um, it'll change your life. I mean, you know, you can become something you're not. Yeah. You can end up in a space where um, you don't want to be that way, but you end up, you have to. I, ain't got, I don't have a choice. Yeah. So I think that's the first place you start. And, and then I think what you do is, is you figure out how can I um, make amends with what I've done? Mm. Because that's where the healing process starts. Mm. So un until you start making amends with what you've done, even going there, mm. it's it's going to be hectic, hectic enough, yeah. just the process, all of the processes that you got to do to get through it. And I, then I think that once you figure out, okay, this, this is where I sit in this one. Mm -hmm. um, I think God will protect you in that regard. I think he'll send you to the right place. I think you'll, you'll end up um, around the right people, the right administration to be enough to get you through whatever process that worst day in your life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, had for you. So I think it's that, that type of returning to yourself, mm -hmm. returning to the core of yourself so that you can be rooted in who you are. If you got to yeah. die for it, you just got to die for it. But at least you know who you are. Um, and I think that that's the biggest thing is, man, you got to pray like hell and yeah. figure out who am I? Yeah. Because if not, it'll change you. Yeah. And all the, the rules are flip-flops in there. Because a lot of times I'll get contacted, hey, my son, you know, my brother, my dad, whatever. And sometimes it's church folks. Yeah. And they're getting advice like um, just go in there and start going to church, you know, find you some guys that are spiritual that you can hang with. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> That's the last. Hey, a lot of I, I say pray like hell, but don't, yeah, don't, don't just do it in front of I mean, you, gotta, <laughs> you have to earn the right, earn the right to, to right live to that kind of life. You Absolutely. just can't come in and show up at church. Bad things happen at church. Sometimes people can get one another. Deals are made. All kind of things. Homosexual relationships. Yeah. I mean, there's all kind of things because different dorms get to interact. And so it's like, just, just let your light shine. Study the Bible with people. Don't, no, do do that. That. <laughs> Don't do You've that. You've got to put in years to earn the right to be a spiritual leader in there where everybody respects. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like this. It's And I'm speaking as a guy that's been in a, in a prison a thousand times, but yeah. have as never have changed my clothes. So yeah. I'm just, this comes from You did experience. change your clothes one time, but go ahead. San Quentin. We don't have time to tell all Let, the Let's stories. close that with that one. If we go over, we, we yeah. edit. Okay. Is that cool, Michael? You good? <laughs> Okay, so uh, you got me off track with, oh yeah, the advice. And so um, yeah. it's like, you're not going to have to practice this, but when you go in there, you got to learn fast. You got to learn the game because yeah. it is Watch a and game. Listen. And you need to absolutely keep to yourself as yeah. much as yeah. you can. Some people say, mind your own business. You, you don't have your own business There's there. no There is. Business. You're packed in the same place with yeah. 2,000 guys. Everybody knows what's up. And there's a thing called the convict code. Yeah. And, well, G-code, you know, yeah. in the free world, whatever, that Gary has taught me so much about. And then the brothers behind the wire. 
because they're always on me about situational awareness. You know, that's why I always need Gary around, like on Times Square. <laughs> yeah. Times Square, he probably saved my life. From, from the black Israelites, yeah. the new black Israelites. Yeah, they sent somebody after me and Gary. No, not me and Gary. He said not me. No, he sent somebody after me. <laughs> if they would, if they'd have sent somebody after me and Gary, then I, I wouldn't have been behind the guy. I'm getting so followed by a guy that probably was sent on an errand, and I'm like, "Where the hell, Gary?" And I'm looking around like I can't believe he's not with me. And I'm like, "Dang, this guy's tracking me." And Gary's behind him. Gary's right behind him. Behind him. And so the dude, you know, braces up on me, and I'm like, oh, no. And Gary's right behind him, and he's got a little tool. And the guy just kind of backed off and went away. Never said a word. No. He was crazy. He was just frustrated. Like, and, and, And the crazy thing is, I'm a little guy, right? So, you know, you see me stand next to your dad in pictures and everything. I'm 5'8", he's 6'3", 4'5", whatever. And this guy was taller, probably a little taller than he was, but lanky, you know, mm. brother, and, you know, a little thicker. And I'm sitting there, I'm walking behind him because I told him, yeah. don't go mess with them people. Mm. So he had to go up there with his objective ass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> There's an objective one. So They called me out. The, the preacher. They did not call you out. They put a light you on me. You stood up there. Oh, I, I told did, you don't even I? go over there. I guess I did. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're, you're a right. big old tall white boy. And you walks up right in the middle of the show. And these are yeah. angry brothers of color. Here's one they're right holding, here. They're holding pictures. And this is what they said. Of the, the dang 911 on fire Everything. and saying death to America. Death and to I America. thought it'd be fun to go over and participate. See? When we got off the train, I told him, don't mess with them. So the first time we walked by <laughs> He wasn't gonna let it go. Yeah. So later on that night, and they have the you know they have the the, the prelims out there first. You know when they first running their little races, it's just a little you know yeah. little, little guys. They ain't doing nothing. But then the big boys come out last. You know, so at the end of the night, camera are, lights, they got everything, and they got a big crowd. It's a lot of them, you know. Yeah. And we literally, you talking about a lot of uh um what's that guy's name that you was just saying change uh change the way you saw that hitting his hand in the lock oh grimlock oh grimlock yeah. so it's a lot of grimlocks that's much taller that's standing there and i said don't you know don't mess yeah. with him so all of a sudden we're walking <laughs> so we're walking he turns and takes a right hand turn and i'm like yeah. did he no just way. stop he stops in front of him and as he stops i'm sitting there saying to myself this is not gonna go well and as soon as he walks up you know, he got that little look on his face. You see what they're talking about. I told you don't listen to what they're talking about. Yeah. Here's one right here. I was talking about the white people, you know, down, yeah. you know, to hell with white folks. Yeah. So and all of a sudden he said, well, do you know what I want? You know what I do for a living? I'm like, there you all go. All eyes on me. There we go. <laughs> so I'm just standing. I'm listening to all of it. I'm like, there it yeah, goes. And all of a sudden, you know, he tells them what he does and, it does and everything. And it was like. Hmm. So we found an objective one. So they had names so they for said. it. Yeah, they, we had names for it. So that, but I know this. I like. I don't know what he's gonna respond to. But they good. They yeah. they do what they do. So all of a sudden he turns around and leaves. So we're kind of walking, and all of a sudden I see the same shoes that's kind of you know next yeah. to me for a while. You know, I'm like, man, this shoe's been following me a while. And all of, then I start looking in the the glass and the mirrors yeah. as we passing yeah, by the storefronts and everything. I'm like, damn, 
they got a trail. Mm -hmm. So I kind of slowed down and I kind of looked and see was it one, two, you know, however many it was, it was the only one. So I kind of just backed off and you know, your dad being La La Land, he just doo doo doo. Times Square. Times Square. Let's go to a show. Yeah. So I back off and literally for about a block and a half, he don't even know I'm missing. Yeah. Because this guy now, I'm following the follower. Yeah. And I'm directly behind him. And I'm like, Man, what is he going to do? So I'm kind of checking him out just to see if he had a tool on him that I could see anything to pay close attention to. So when we got near where you're walking out of um, Times Square and you're going into the darkness, to the dark side, yeah. you know, and then the crowd gets thinner and you have to go to the train, uh, you know, it got real eerily close then because he got really, really close to his back. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he was like, because now he noticed I'm not there because he's talking to himself, really. <laughs> so he's talking. He turns around and look. And as he look around, the guy's like, right here. Yeah. And when he gets right there, and I say, excuse me, can I help you? Yeah. So I flick my tool out. You know, I keep my one, you know, just posted just in case. And um, so I flick it out, and he looks, and he sees me. So I'm standing there, one dude here, one dude here. And I'm looking up like... <laughs> You need anything? Can I help you with anything? That's so true. With a dog on knife in my hand, right? And he see me. You know, I kind of got in between them. And all of a sudden, he just, he and just walked off. And then I had to tell this thing. I was like, didn't I tell you to leave people alone? But it was his job, man, to, to go do something that day. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know what his intention was. But it wasn't good. No. I promise you, it wasn't good. And he has done that for me. That is for sure. Gosh, there's so many. I think this is probably going to have a part two to it. I think everything's going to happen. Everything's going to be a part two because yeah. so many things running through my head. It can be three, four, five. So many things. We got, you know, the fog coming in and, and uh, Marion, ah. Bullethead. Bullethead. Well, I want y'all to know, I think that, <clears throat> I think this is very relevant because it's entertaining. One. <laughs> But two, I mean, it's just a niche that people don't know. About. Like, I know we've talked about this for a long time, but, like, the reason people watch these, like, behind-the-wire type shows is because they don't know about it. Yeah. yeah. So when people hear these stories or get this advice, you know, this is a whole other world that they don't have access to. True. So I think we need to have more of these conversations yeah. because it's real stuff, and you guys did... <laughs> crazy, amazing thing. Oh, we ain't even got around. We can't even. even yeah, we hadn't even scratched the surface. No, we yeah, still haven't even man. talked about anything. <laughs> we kind of just set it up. We can yeah. tell some stories, but yeah, to kind of wrap up. You know, this thing kind of just became what it became, and it's evolved over time to where it's a program in schools, program in the juvenile court, program in the juvenile detention centers, and we partner with police, bring cops and kids together. A church. A church, Lakewood Church of Hope. Go and see them downtown Lakewood. Almost do ten years. Give, I gotta give a special shout out to Lakewood. Please do. I, I was remiss. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would have the coolness and soul that I have if it weren't for going to a black church in Lakewood for a majority of my like teenhood yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. like me and lena were the only white kids there i can't think of another one yeah pretty much <laughs> you know pretty and so more. like i'll be having conversations with people like will literally ask me like how do you know like how do you know how do you know about that yeah 
Hey, we're got to some cool. We're, <laughs> we're made men. We are made men. But anyway, so you know, it's it's really become a prevention project, yeah. trying to keep kids in school, off the streets, out of jail, grow old. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Interrupt and redirect a you know a young generation that's trying to beat the doors down to get into prison. Teach really. them some conflict resolution ways. skills. That's just it. Some, you know, some mindfulness. Some you know, some some. Um, and more importantly, man, how to manage their emotions, some yeah. emotional intelligence. I yeah. mean, it's just one of those things that you have to help them with. And so many of our babies, man, you, you're dealing with a, a whole world of uh, mental illness, you know, Absolutely. of course we know, yeah. and untreated and undiagnosed. And yeah. man, it is, it is not great. Yeah. It's not great but for we, a lot of our babies. Antivirus. Antivirus. You know, go back and help them get out and become a part of the solution. And um, appreciate the the commentary <laughs> appreciate you you know Absolutely. saved my life and being my friend and my dog more than once yeah and probably ain't done yet are we i hope so <laughs> <laughs> so um uh come back and see us hit that subscribe button share this comment like it there's people out there that probably would enjoy hearing it and we appreciate the the growing group of people that are following our work and uh Gary, love you, man. It sounds like we, you know, we gotta have a part two. At least. Yeah, That's and cool. and thank you for who you've been to my son. Absolutely. Because I've relied it's on my you. Pleasure, man. I mean, I'm serious. I'll call you up and say, hey, buddy, I, know. I need you. So love you guys. Come back. New episodes drop Mondays at one o'clock. Power of peace. Come back and see us.